Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. While Asian markets are still digesting the latest ripples from the FOMC rate decision, where we saw a 25 basis point rate hike, it's been signaled that it might be the last of this tightening cycle. So that makes it the 10th straight meeting it's tightened. And perhaps in the June meeting, we could see a pause. And then the question is what goes on from there and how this will impact Asia as well as Asian currencies and markets. So let's check in with Christopher Wong. He is the portfolio strategist for clients for Southeast Asia at Fidelity International. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing today? Hey, good morning, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great having you on because uh, you've got your eye very closely watching this happening across the region. So let's start first with the market reactions from Asia across uh, the region. You've been seeing the implications and ripples. It doesn't seem like they've reacted as strongly as how Wall Street has been doing so negatively. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right, right? So um, kind of Asian market reaction yesterday, right? Because uh, it's not fully open today, uh, was generally positive. So you saw Asian equity markets rise. Uh, beyond that, bond markets also gained, right? Because markets right now are not expecting the Fed to hike any further for the year. But in fact, cut interest rates up to three times by the end of the year. And it's good for bonds. So these expectations in US interest rate going forward also led to the US dollar weakening, broadly speaking, and Asian currencies gaining over the day. But of course, in Asia, the, the relative optimism wasn't solely on the Fed as only yesterday. There was another factor that played China. Mm. So, so travel in China surged over the labor day holidays so the number of trips made over that five-day break was up about 19 percent from pre-pandemic levels and 71 percent higher than last year and that also had a part to play in impacting sentiment yesterday chris you mentioned um cutting three times um this year so that's expectations being priced in into some parts of the market how realistic is this going to be because we've got the fed saying no that's not likely to happen yeah that that's also not exactly our base case at the moment Uh, our base case at fidelity is for kind of the fed to uh pause for the rest of the year uh, because inflation is admittedly still at high levels so the fed still has an eye on that to manage uh kind of inflation but on the other hand uh kind of rising financial stress is something they're they they're keeping an eye on so they are less likely to hike for the rest of the year right mm. so we, in the balance of the two they are more likely to pause for the rest of the year yeah, talking about pausing, uh, where are we when it comes to Asian central banks? We saw the MES, for example, starting to take his foot off the pedal. On the other hand, the RBA gave a surprise hike. Yeah, so kind of it's been our base case uh, for, for some time that central banks in emerging markets, including Asia, have reached or are close to reaching the peak of their cycles as well. So uh, as a result of pretty proactive policies in the past couple of quarters, inflation has been falling across emerging markets and that gives central rooms uh, room to pause, uh, hike cycles, and now focus more on growth. And in some parts of the emerging world to also cut interest rates. Here in Asia, we are more likely to kind of pause our interest rate cycles quite soon and move more to a data-dependent mode. And here, I also like to highlight China, right? Mm. So China is still the outlier. The PBOC has been a path of easing for some time already, expected to still remain quite accommodative to support the uh, economic recovery. All right. Well, in conversation with Christopher Wong, he is the client portfolio strategist for Southeast Asia at Fidelity International. Now, Chris, let's talk about what Jerome Powell has been signaling, that there's going to be some lag effects when it comes to these rates. It takes some time after hiking for them to play out in the economy. 
And to some extent, we actually saw that affecting the banking sector in the US. So when it comes to the impact in Asia, are you seeing any potential implications we should be watching out for? For example, SME defaults as these rates go higher and they might face trouble paying back? Yeah, so the impact of higher rates uh, will likely lead U.S. during the cyclical recession. That could have an impact on Asia. And we are starting to see a bit of this impact, right, on Asian, certain parts of the Asian economies, certain corporate earnings recently. But in our minds, uh, China is the offsetting sector, right? So China has a new focus on economic growth, seeing an economic reopening, has seen a turnaround in regulatory clampdowns, fiscal monetary policy still supportive. <clears throat> so the rest of Asia are likely to benefit from this given the close proximity, right? Uh, and then further, certain parts like North Asia could also benefit from the tech semiconductor kind of uptick cycle, which may happen in the latter part of the year. So as a balance of the two, we find that China could potentially offset some of the, the stresses that could come up from the US from a recession, higher rates. So as a result, uh, corporate earnings from a for corporate perspective, Asia and China are expected to see kind of corporate earnings recover uh, through 2024 and largely led by China. Yeah, China, that reopening story is uh, coming through. Uh, and we talked about it for quite some time. So I'm wondering, you know, how much upside has already um, taken up and how much is left? And when you look at your allocation right now, Chris, how much is China making up that portfolio? Yeah, so kind of we're still quite optimistic on, on China markets going forward. Uh, so kind of the first leg is broadly done Right. So we have seen a valuation increase, although we have seen a retracement since January to date. Uh, so the next leg of uh, kind of the, what could push markets in China in our perspective would be corporate earnings. So corporate earnings could potentially go from this year and next year about 10 to 15 percent. Uh, so that could potentially be a catalyst for, for the markets uh, going forward. Okay, when it comes then, to the other parts of your portfolio? Yes, uh, other parts of our portfolio, we, we still like Asia. So Asia is one area we like uh, amidst the uh, Chinese uh, reopening. Uh, on the other hand, within equities, we're a little bit more cautious on developed market equities, uh, including the US, right? Because where economic growth is likely to slow, we're likely to enter into a recession. Uh, tightening financial conditions could make its mark on corporate earnings as well and the economy. So in the US, we're a bit more cautious. And in other asset classes, uh, we like fixed income specifically uh, investment-grade bonds where uh, quality, credit quality is generally better. There is a higher sensitivity to interest rates. So if the Fed is already at the peak of its cycle, uh, that is positive for, for long duration or sensitive interest rate sensitive bonds. So these are a couple areas that we are more positive on at the moment. All right, sounds like you're cutting exposure to developed markets, especially in the US. And when you talk about peak, um, where is the US dollar when it comes to peaking we are seeing some strength um, weakening in, in the U.S. dollar recently. Yeah, so kind of the, the peak and aggressive U.S. rate cycle will likely weigh on the U.S. dollar and that could be a positive for other currencies, including kind of Asian currencies, right? So Asian currencies were a bit more constructive here, better position amidst the volatility, generally good uh, fundamentals, lower inflation at this juncture, allowing central banks here to focus more on growth. But uh, one caveat I will make here is the tightening of financial conditions due to ongoing banking stress could become a headwind for Asian currencies. So that's what we're watching right now. All right, when it comes to Asian currencies, which one looks most attractive to you? Would it be the ones with uh, most exposure to China? Uh, yeah, that's one area that we like, for example, like in Thailand. The Thai baht has a, quite a high sensitivity to the economic reopening of China, specifically tourism returning to the country. So that's one interesting area. Okay, um, Australian dollar, would that come into play as well with the commodities um, demand possibly picking up? Uh, that potentially, yes. 
but also is quite sensitive to general economic conditions, right? So, so that's one area that uh, could potentially benefit, but really it's uh, also very sensitive to uh, general economic conditions everywhere else as well. All right, great overview. We've been chatting with Christopher Wong. He is the client portfolio strategist for Southeast Asia at Fidelity International. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.